Hi, this is Rosalinda, the host of Faith Fuel Podcast, the show where we hear voices of people transforming the world for Jesus. Pastors, leaders, entrepreneurs, and world changers. So sit down, relax, or keep it driving. It's time to get some wholehearted, wide open, and yes, sometimes side-splitting encouragement and direction for your life. So get ready to get fired up. If the wrong things in our hearts go unattended, then what happens is it becomes deeply rooted and it becomes harder to deal with. So the quicker that we can detect a wrong heart condition and get it straightened out, the better you are. And so listen to this. In the Old Testament, they actually mention the word heart 800 times. But 200 times it deals with the thought life, emotions, and the wellspring of life. And those things motivate you and they mold you. And the Bible calls it a heart, right? And I'm going to call it thought life. And why is it that thought life is so important? In the Bible, you might know this verse, and King Solomon told this to his son. And he said, above all else, guard your heart, because out of the heart is where all the issues flow. See, because the thought life controls the rest of your life. Your thoughts are directly connected to your heart. Growing up in the ministry, I had a great example, and I watched my parents do something. I watched them love on hurting people, on whole people. And it was like a fever. I caught it and I've never gotten over it. And so in ministry, you know, we get to be by people through some of their toughest times. You know, I've walked people literally through divorce court. I've sat in there in some really sad and ugly situations through family drama. I've even stood right here at the foot of hundreds of caskets. So there's good times and bad times. I've also got to be at weddings. I've got to be at birthdays and anniversaries and business openings and graduations because there's so much we celebrate in God. But with loving on people really, really hard also comes some big letdowns. And so that's been a tough thing. You know, the letdowns, disappointments, and broken hearts. See, whatever your struggle has been, God wants one thing. He wants your whole heart. What about you? Is your heart problem because you just can't find Mr. Right? You know, and I praise God I met Mr. Right in church, right? After um, God had to get a hold of him and turn him into Mr. Right. Um, But I I was listening to this advertising online, and it had Tinder. They've got eHarmony. They got Christian Mingle. They got Christian Cafe. They got Silver Singles. Come on, somebody. So it doesn't matter what your age is, right? You can find somebody. But here's the thing that killed me is I I was like, okay, I need to look at this for this sermon. But once I Google it, I'm going to get hit with every single ad there is. How many of you know the analytics will follow you? But on the Christian site, it said that God, almost like a guarantee, that if you click on here, we have the perfect match that God picked out for you. I'm not sure God was approving that advertisement, right? The second thing is maybe you've been distracted by your dreams. How many of you know that sometimes you could be in so into what you want and what you're looking for and that job and that car and that purpose that that fills up space in your heart and you got no space for God? And sometimes we do it in God's name. I believe that God is speaking to me. People will come when they're hurting for prayer, but then there's all of a sudden it's like, no, I've heard from God. Third thing, maybe you are chasing after relationships that are toxic. And you've never let them go. I'm not talking about a husband and wife. 
I'm talking about somehow that little friend that always finds you. You know, sometimes you try so hard, but then you let them have your number. You let them have your Facebook. You leave some kind of connection to somebody that honestly has always hurt you your whole life. Unfortunately, sometimes that's family. Right? I mean, I just want to be truthful. And so we hold on to things that become toxic in our life. And then it affects your heart. You know, today I was watching a TED Talk about a doctor, and it just popped up. And he was talking about that it's actually proven that if you hear negative news, it affects your heart. How many of you know your heart isn't what thinks? But when you hear the negativity, all of a sudden, it can hurt your heart. And actually, if somebody passes away that you love, they have proven that it can change the shape of your heart. And so when you're going through something, this wasn't a Christian doctor. He was saying whatever comes in your mind affects your heart. See, the other thing is things we desire. See, sometimes we've allowed things to slip into our mind, into our life, and it is affecting our heart. So what does that look like? Just like I said today, I Googled the mingled Christian single thing or whatever, you know, and then all of a sudden you see these ads. Don't you think the enemy is sitting right there waiting to just grab you? Isn't it amazing how they know that you're a guy or they know you're a girl, and so they send you just the right ad? The devil, he ain't no dummy. And see, and that's how Christians get caught up. Don't think for a minute that we don't have people that have dealt with pornography, with lust, with gambling. And so the enemy is just wanting to trap you and pull your mind away. And when he does that and when you connect, see, the, the problem is this. You're going to see stuff all your life that is a temptation. That's not the problem because you can't avoid that. But it's when you connect to it. that Then what happens is it owns a part of your heart. In the Bible, we learn about people that also had some heart trouble. And one of them was a prophet, Elijah. If you ever want to sulk and want to complain that God isn't doing anything for you, right, or that God isn't faithful, I want you to go back and read 1 Kings chapter 17. It's actually a short read and see what happened to Elijah. But I'm going to give you the the scenario, the wrap-up. Elijah had so many miracle experiences that honestly, you would think in your mind that this guy was unshakable. That there's no way that this guy would get down. After all, this is what happened in the Bible, okay? All in that one chapter. He caused the rain to stop for more than three years. He actually prayed and said, until I say rain, there'll be no rain. And God listened to him. The second thing was when he had no food and he was in the middle of nowhere, have you ever found yourself totally in a pinch? Like you need help. Well, he was there and God sent ravens. He was hungry and he went to a woman who had nothing. And because she obeyed, that jar just kept on overflowing and overflowing. He also witnessed a widow's son resurrected. One day the prophet was going out to visit people and this lady's son died. And he carried the son to the second floor. And the Bible says that he actually prayed for him and asked the Lord, and the Lord brought him back to life. This man has seen some amazing things. He also, it said, beat the prophet's Baal by calling down fire from heaven. Do you guys remember that story in the Bible? 
So all of a sudden, he's in this situation. He's praying. You got this other group of people saying, no, Baal is a real God. He's the only God. And then all of a sudden, Baal doesn't answer. How many of you know you pray to Buddha, you are not going to get an answer? Okay? I see Buddha like once a week when I go in and get my nails done. Okay? He ain't never done anything for me, nor has he answered a prayer. But this guy, the prophet, he's on this side. And he's like, man, I will prove to you that my God is big. He can handle it. He's a real one true God. And he makes his altar and he puts water and God does his thing. And he lights it on fire. So here's where it goes down. Here's where the heart issue happened. The king was not liking that, right? He didn't want to be made a fool. So it angered the king Ahab and his wife Jezebel. Um, She actually vowed, you are going to die. Elijah could not take the fear. The pressure of being such a high-profile prophet of God had gotten to him, and he ends up hightailing it into the wilderness. I'm talking about this big guy, this boss daddy guy, who, like, got God to bring fire down from heaven. All of a sudden, is tripping because this king is, like, so mad That his God got showed up. And so it's like, my gosh, Elijah, you've seen everything. You've raised people from the dead. You've seen miracle after miracle. And he ends up taking off. But look at God. You know what God did when he took off? Think about a time when you took off on God. See, we've done that. Sometimes God says, man, I'm doing everything I can to save you. I'm doing everything I can to provide for you. I'm showing you my love, my compassion. I put people in your life to bring you truth and love. And so all of a sudden, this guy that saw all of these miracles runs away, and God runs after him. Man, I'm so glad that when I wanted to get angry with God and I wanted to turn my back on God because I was disappointed, And I was upset, and I couldn't understand why so-and-so passed away. I couldn't understand why my marriage was going through struggles. I couldn't understand why my son, who couldn't walk for 45 days, who had gone through six surgeries and finally got healed and was the MVP player of the basketball team, I couldn't understand why, when I let him go to Christian camp, he got hit by a car. I couldn't understand that. You think you're having a bad day? You be the mom on the other end of that call. And we went through probably another six or seven surgeries. We had just put, you think I don't get mad because I'm a pastor? You think I don't have a bad day? Oh, please don't think that. Sometimes I want to run away and get in a cave. Man, I had it out with Jesus that day. I went up to that hospital, and when I saw my son laying there and blood everywhere, and the doctors tell me there was no hope and all that, you think I didn't walk in the parking lot and have it out with God? And what God did, he ran after this prophet. And God ran after me, and I'm here to tell you, he will run after you. Amen? See, here's the thing. It says that God went right to the cave. And he is such a faithful God right in the moment when you need him. And when God met him there, Elijah was just undone. How many of you have been undone? You can't handle it anymore. And I could just imagine Elijah's heart was beating fast, and he felt overwhelmed or maybe even depressed and anxious. And his thoughts, watch this, begin to affect his what? Your thoughts affect your right. And so here's the deal. How do you imagine God responded to him? 
He ends up feeding him, and he allowed him to rest. That's a heavenly father, amen? And after a time, he finally answered Elijah's complaints. That's what the Bible says. This man of God, this prophet, complained to God. And then it says that God encouraged Elijah with a still, small voice. And he said, you're not alone. I want to tell somebody that might be at the edge of their, their road that might be just done. You're just undone. I want to tell you in that still, small voice, you're going to be okay. Amen? See, even when anxiety tries to set in our hearts, God is there to encourage you, heal you, and comfort you. Don't tell me we don't serve a good God. Amen? He's there to pick you up. Even though we failed. How many of you guys know sometimes it's our fault? Man, I've made some dumb mistakes in life. Some, oh, some regret. Right? But God is right there to encourage us and pick us up. See, we can learn from Elijah a lesson here. Number one, don't listen to everything you're tempted to believe when you're exhausted. Right? See, when we're tired is when we start letting our mind go and we make the worst decision. The second thing, take time to care for yourself physically, spiritually, emotionally, and then get back in the game. If you're tired, if you're beat up, if you're ready to give up, I'm telling you, get back in the game. Amen? Get back in the game. See, so many people and things compete for our heart and attention that it seems impossible sometimes to be wholehearted. You feel like you're being tugged from right to left. Sometimes it's my kids. Sometimes it's my husband. Sometimes it's church. Sometimes it's my family, right? But we all feel like we're being pulled apart sometimes. The Bible says be careful about what you allow into your heart and what we allow into our hearts to be devoted to. So what was the big problem for Elijah? It was fear. See, Elijah shared his heart space with fear. Elijah let part of this go to fear. If you let too much go to fear or disappointments or rejection, you're not going to have a lot of room for Jesus or yourself or family or the ones you love. Amen? And what would it look like for you to really love God with everything you have? When you really love God with everything, sometimes it's going to cost you. I mean, I just got to give you the whole truth. Sometimes you're going to have to give up some stuff, right? But how many of you know that he will fill those little voids? Amen? And then that third question I have for you is how are you dividing the space in your heart? Scripture, I want to read this. Revelations 3, 15 through 16. It says, I know you inside and out. I know you inside and out. And find little to my liking. Woo, glory. That's a real word right there. You're not cold and you're not hot. Far better to be either cold or hot. You're stale. Boom. Can you imagine that word coming to you? It says, you're stagnant. You make me want to vomit. That's what the word of God says. You see, God wants you to be all in or all out. God wants you to be all in or all out. I'm going to say it one more time for the people in the back. God wants you to be all in or all out. The problem is we want to have one leg in heaven and one leg in the world. And you're trying to straddle that life and you wonder why you're always tripping up. But God says, I want you to be all in or all out. 
You see, when we say give our whole heart to God, that means everything. We allow in and out of our heart has to fit in God's heart. It's got to fit in there. Anything that you spend your mind on, your time on, your money on, right? Anything. If it doesn't fit in here, I'm sorry, Charlie, but it's not going to work. You're always going to feel uncomfortable. You're always going to go, yeah, but I pray and I don't understand why. Right? I mean, I'm compassionate. But if you club in on Saturday and trying to praise on Sunday and wonder why you don't feel comfortable, it's because you can't have one leg in heaven and one leg on earth. You see, we have to guard our heart. And how do we do that? Look at this. Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Notice it doesn't say this. Notice it doesn't say somebody else will guard your heart for you. It doesn't say God's going to guard your heart. It doesn't say your neighbor is going to guard your heart. It doesn't say your pastor is going to guard your heart. It says that you have to guard your heart. Amen? You need to guard your heart. You're in charge of guarding your own heart. And realize that it is pretty much a full-time job. Right? How many of you know everywhere you go, the enemy's just going to try to set you up? So you got to be on guard because we don't know what's going to come up in a given day. You don't know what somebody may say to you that may hurt you, disappoint you, or let you down. You see, one of the biggest revelations I received from God is that my real life is a life that's in me. That's what's real. It's what's going on the inside. There's nothing more important than your inner life than what's in your heart. The same goes for you. Life is not your circumstances, the kind of house you live in, the kind of job you have, the money that you have. You can have the best of things and still be miserable because those things are not what fill you. Amen? It's the Lord. It's the Holy Spirit. It's our walk with Christ. How many of you are filled tonight? You feel the presence of the Lord in your life. You see, on the other hand, it's amazing how happy and peaceful you can be in the middle of the lousiest circumstances because you know who Christ is. You see, Matthew 5, 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Do you want to hear from God? Keep your heart pure. Do you want to know God's secret? Keep your heart pure. Taking time to keep your heart pure is like cleaning out your basement or your attic. Once you turn on the lights and start looking around, don't be surprised to see some things that are still lingering there. Amen. Amen. You see, Jesus said something so strong about the heart. He said, if you see a woman and lust after her, then you've already committed adultery. As far as your heart is concerned, lust has a tremendous effect on the heart, which is why we must all guard against it. Just look at how it destroys the lives of people who are looking at pornography that's so easily available. Another fiery dart, amen, is that goes right into our heart is hatred. Sometimes somebody could do you wrong. Maybe you went through a divorce and you are still hanging on to that. And it's just got you locked up. The Bible says if you hate your brother, it's no different than if you murdered them. So here's the thing. I want you to understand that every time you feel like doing the wrong thing, you got to do the right thing. Amen? It's your choice. It's your decision. I want to give you one last thing. You know, God was so awesome. 
He gave us the Ten Commandments. God is so good. But Pastor Rosa wants to give you the Eleventh Commandment. Okay? God gave you ten. They were so good. They made the Bible. Mine didn't make the Bible, but I promise you it's going to help you in life. Who needs the Eleventh Commandment? Y'all ready? You got a pen? You better write it down. The Eleventh Commandment is don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. If it feels weird, ask yourself the question, is this stupid? And then you hear a little voice in your head saying, yes, that's stupid. That's when you walk away because it doesn't fit in God's heart. Amen. Invite Rosalinda to speak at your meeting or group. Go to rosalinda.live for more details. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Get more at rosalinda.live. If you experience it, we'll examine it. If God's word says it, we'll stand on it. And when you're feeling faint, we are here with your faith fuel. I'm Rosalinda Rivera. We'll chat again soon. This podcast was brought to you by New Life for Adults and Youth, celebrating 50 years of restoring broken lives. If you or a family member has been struggling with addiction, New Life for Adults and Youth is the answer. Visit them at newlife.center.